podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, my name is James Baldwin and welcome along to Oz F1, Australia's favourite Formula One podcast from wherever you're listening, all across the world. It has been so awesome to hear from you. So don't be afraid to reach out. We will reply to you either via Instagram at Oz F1, Twitter at Oz F1 Official or via our website www.ozf1.com.au. Also, don't forget to join our Oz F1 Fantasy League. You can find all of the links either below, wherever you're listening to this podcast, or indeed on our website. Now, it's the second recap podcast for the year, which means, of course, the second race of the year. Back at Austria, we go for the Styrian Grand Prix. Joined as always by my friends and yours, the two Thomases, Thomas J. Donald Camp and Tommy T. G'day, boys. Here we are again. Only seven days later. Yeah, g'day. How are you, mate? You gotta <laughs> drop that one. That's good. My online reputation at the moment is dwindling. Reputation? Do you Question have an mark? online reputation? I do, mate. I'd like to. I'd like to be now called. The sexiest voice in F1. That was one person, <laughs> one time. I'll take that. I need to take everything I can get. I'm taking it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was a typo, wasn't it? Surely. Yeah. <laughs> Surely it was. Uh, no, Moving just on. a small tail town girl like me, I think she's from the West, uh, said that. So she's obviously correct because everyone who writes to us, leaves a review or anything like that is uh, obviously correct. Uh, Mikey White and uh, Colin from the US, Colin, uh, mate, you will be listening because you said that you were. You wrote in to us and you've left us a review. Mate, thank you very much. Uh, We bloody love doing this. And boys, every time I read reviews, more and more people. Fantasy League. Um, no, he's not on top of the Fantasy League. There's a uh, couple of... We'll come to the Fantasy League later, Camp. I wish you'd uh, just bloody settle the hell down and follow up. what the hell we're talking wow. about. Goodness just me. So, hey. But, hey, if you want to reach out and uh, say that... Dictator say on the other end of the Say that Campy has a very annoying but sexy voice. Don't do that because that'll only encourage him. Uh, feel free to write to us. We're on Instagram at OzF1. Uh, we love, we will reply. We love hearing from you and uh, do consider subscribing. Of course, leaving a review, all of that good stuff. Boys, we're here again for the Styrian Grand Prix, not the Austrian Grand Prix. Luckily, it had the same hashtag as the last race, <laughs> so there was absolutely no confusion Just, whatsoever. Yeah, easy. Uh, except it was. Um, but in the last seven, days since we've spoken another one of our predictions has come true we're pretty good i'm good you boys suck i'm right <laughs> i'll be right not you boys <laughs> if you haven't heard if you're listening to this podcast Fernando is back, uh, which is unfortunate because Tommy T and I are just like, what is going on here? But Campy yeah. seems pretty happy about it. Uh, yeah. Campy, the love well, of your life is back. Well, I predicted that was, this would happen, but I also said at the time that I'm not sure that I want it to happen. And now that it's happened, I'm not feeling great about it. This guy Ooh. this guy was is seriously one of the best drivers that we've seen in the last 50 years. I'd put him and Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Schumacher's up there for results, clearly. I don't think he was that good. But Alonso is a god behind the wheel. Now, I don't want him to come back to Renault and have two shit years at 40 and drive to, you know, potentially 43, 44. I think he's capable of it. But if he's not in a car 
that's going to get him consistently on the podium and in the hunt for a world championship. What's the point in coming back? Oh, he, the days. I'd, rather, I'd rather have Seb go to that Renault than Alonso come back in. Now, look, I love Alonso. I, hope him, I wish him all the best. I hope he does well. Liberty Media is paying half his wage too, so... <laughs> It's nice. People Allegedly. obviously want him around. <laughs> I, just, I just don't think it's going to work. I hope it does. I hope it's like the 2006 Renault when he first signed with them. It just came from nowhere, and but I can't see it yeah. happening. Because Campy's lost his mind, I'm going to take the position of what Campy would say if he was sound <laughs> and not insane. <laughs> Fernando's got nothing to lose. He's doing nothing. He's racing in some random kind of, I don't know, showcase races at the moment. He's not doing a lot. What's he got to lose? He's going to jump back in, and then you look from Renault's point of view, what have they got to lose? At the moment, they've got Ocon, who's not doing much so far. They can get, a, like you've said, one of the best drivers we've had in the last 50 years in their car, great for marketing, great for everything. They've got nothing to lose. That driver is going to be the best thing for them other than an Ocon. You're going to have the best possible chance of winning if the car is anywhere near competitive. It's going to be better with Alonso. Yeah, you're spot on there. You're totally See? right. Alonso, Campy. Alonso. Campy's right. Campy's Alonso. arguing with Campy now. Alonso. <laughs> I can see both sides of this. I'm Switzerland in this one. You have never been Switzerland <laughs> in your you life, You have Campy. never. Right. You have never been bloody Switzerland even in thought processes in your bloody dreams, mate. Jeez. Hey, this tension is thick. Bloody hell. <laughs> you should say our text messages back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... I can I tell c- you, the boys are trying to hold me back tonight. <laughs> hold me back. No, nah, we're trying to rev you up. We want you to go off again. <laughs> no, I, I I just pointed out what I think you would have said. That's the opposition side, but I'm with you. I think... Uh, uh, it's both sides. I don't want him to ruin his... <laughs> his legacy. His legacy, because it's awesome. Yeah. And it will even... Yep. It'll, if he comes back to a... Poor performing Renault, it will be tainted mm. along with the last five or six years of his F1 career. Yep. On the other hand, the upside is huge for Renault and the upside is probably huge for Alonso if they get it right and they get it right together. I just can't see it happening. What do you moment. think the chances are of them getting it right, James? No, it's very – It's. I mean, look at what they've been doing this season. They were doing pretty well two years ago. The end of 2018 season, coming in fourth, they seem to be going in the right direction. Completely buggered it last year in Danny Rick's first season, so that's already a mm. black mark for me as far as I'm concerned on the ledger. But yep. realistically, and uh, Mikey, when you wrote in, said this point as well, you know, Fernando's going home, right? That's the whole thing. Yep. Everyone's like, oh, he's back. When was the last time he won a championship for this team? 15 bloody years ago. Like, it's so far in – the past yeah. you can't so much has changed in new regulations and everything else yes and you know Cyril's come out to say well Lando's not even Lando Nando's not even focusing on next season he just wants 2022 well that's all well and good but considering right. the reliability issues that this Renault has seen in the first two races of the year Danny yep. Rick last weekend and Ocon this weekend they can't even get the cooling right now they've turned around and started bitching about racing point because suddenly they're faster and gone hang on a second doesn't look like the brake ducts are like uh, any different from Mercedes. So uh, we're going to specifically complain about them. Guys, just <laughs> shut up and focus on your own lane because you, you yeah. need to sort it out. Fernando's going right. to, it's going to be a, an absolute failure for him and it's going to be bad for his leaving. It's like Michael Schumacher coming back to Mercedes. Like he did yeah. a good enough job, but it just wasn't. And the, the only person that has ever come back to Formula One uh, after a period of time away and done it well really was Nicky Lauda with McLaren. And Damon Hill. Yeah, so, and Damon Hill. So, 
realistically, the chances are against him. Now, he's an older dude. If you've got legacy drivers like Kimi Räikkönen in, in the paddock as well, like Kimi is an absolute star. We saw that again this weekend. There is nothing saying that Fernando can't drive. 100%. Yep. Like he's he's done a great job in all the categories that he's raced in considering how different they all are including Dakar. And yes, yeah. he's a bigger name who's pulling, you know, more money potentially back into the sport and more fans from a US perspective now because of course you have to remember that Formula 1 is a business owned by an American company with his stuff in Indy. You know, people love seeing him and I love seeing him too, but it really just makes the Renault Driving Academy look like an absolute joke. Like all of these right. young F2 drivers in F3, which, by the way, those support races over the last two weekends have been mega. It just it makes me sad for them because what's the point if you're not yeah. going to come up through the junior categories? Yep. Well, what's the point? You've actually got to earn your stripes in F1, and I'm telling you, you put 95, 96, 97% of these kids up against Fernando Alonso, and they're going to get beaten. The other 5% is going to be marginally close or somewhere. Totally. But how do you get the opportunity to get good is the problem. Like that's you exactly can't right. just do F2 forever. And yeah, like, so, exactly okay, right. Fernando comes back. When, how long has he got? When's he going to retire? Are we saying four years, five years? No, he will have, he'll, he'll be there for 2022. That's what he's really looking at. He's hoping yep. with these, uh, with these changes to the regulations that Renault can design a good car, yep. they can start operate, operating within a budget next year, they get their off-track systems in place and they pick a winner. That's what he's really looking at. And it uh, yeah. doesn't matter, I don't care how old Fernando Alonso is, he could drive to his 45, 46 and still be in the top five drivers of all time in the world at any one time. He's that good, he's that competent. I just don't think Renault's the team to get in there. Yeah, and I think no. that's kind of what we're coming back to. If we had to put odds on this, what do we think the odds are of this coming off in Renault and Nando's favour? In, in saying that, Renault this weekend and last weekend have shown some, some good pace at times. If you think to this race last year, Austria last year, that's the race that Danny Rick talked about on the uh, podcast, on the uh, Beyond the Grid podcast, where he said, we really struggled, we were nowhere, and I was having this internal battle in the car while I was driving in 13th and 14th. So that Renault have made some big gains. It'll be interesting to see what Renault looks like in three to four races time, you know, post Great Britain in the UK uh, at Silverstone. So, yeah, I think they're looking, I think they're probably... I think they're probably the fourth best car. I think they're slightly in front of McLaren at the moment. So we need to give them some credit. That's what I'm saying. But I just don't think it's going to happen for them. Well, we'll come on to how they were performing over the weekend in just a little bit. But, uh, boys, it's a a brand new segment time. And I wish I had a little air horn for this. Uh, I want you to get very... I want you to get... (laughs) DJ air horn. Classic (laughs) bloody Tommy T. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, quite simply, the best segment ever known to any Formula One podcast of any time in any place in any language I give you this Tommy's no no he's under hyped this this is that good <laughs> he's under hyped we're on Tommy's okay. television tantalizing ratings go here we go so for those of you that don't know in Australia we get the Sky F1 feed that's what we're fed we don't get anything else new it's just straight broadcast across this is a combination of smacking the TV director and also Sky F1 for the coverage we get each week we're going to give them a score for the week based on what we see over qualifying and the race. 
maybe practice might be included, but we pay attention, but not that much attention to the pre-race stuff. Like we're not going to really go there. This week we're going to give it a four. It was horrible. First things first, the worst thing, the worst decision they made was to run the post-race qualifying and the post-race interviews in front of the cooling down cars. Couldn't hear a damn thing. What are you doing? Why COVID. would you stand it's COVID. there? It's COVID. It's so true. They have the whole track. Pick COVID. somewhere. There's nowhere with people <laughs> anywhere else. You're not wrong. Seriously, it's insane to watch them. And then all of the drivers coming up going, I can't hear you, mate. Like, genuinely. Stupid TV. Um, I got on a bone to pick as well. All right, here we go. That stupid split screen. (laughs) (laughs) We've got cars on track. That's all we've heard about, Tommy. Every every minute. And down the bottom, we got this, I love the NHS, and we race as one with the rainbow. It's like they have to put that up for a minimum of 15 minutes a session to meet their fucking diversity quota or something. (laughs) It drives me mental. And you know what the worst thing is? The other split screen, other than the on-track vision, is someone like Otmar, Otmar Snafner or Christian Horner at the pit wall. Um, they've got masks on. They're not even getting facial expressions. I'm like, come on, Kim, this is a joke. Sort yes. it So this will also come into our grade, is going to be that kind of stuff. Shit, yes. Other things we're going to look at is... <laughs> Just a bit like this segment, Tommy. Hey, 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 hey. get scrapped for next Hey, week. this is the first one. <laughs> We're going to count how many times Ted is interrupted by some bullshit radio call that ends up being useless <laughs> compared to what Ted was actually providing was good information. The amount of times Crofty goes, one minute, Ted, and it's fucking dumb and we don't care what the driver's saying. We're going to count that. This week there was one that I counted. Usually there's many, many more. We've actually noticed Normally, they've started converting them to text, I think, which is way smarter. Because usually well, that, it's just that's like, fine. But normally you don't get any radio calls whatsoever through the whole race, except for when Ted comes on and then suddenly yeah. it's like, two seconds, Ted. It's like, mate, I just want to listen to what he's saying. And Ted's saying the most important stuff of the race. We all love Ted. Ted is the best. No, look, the amount of communication that goes over like in a session is huge. Totally. And someone's always listening to whatever's happening and yep. then they decide whether that's worth putting on air. Whoever that guy is needs to be fired because it's fucking dumb. Oh. They never provide anything useful. <laughs> it's always like, oh, yeah, my tyres are off. Duh. Tommy T has turned into me. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really revved up. One of the other things we're going to look at in this segment is how many times Kareem Chandog name drops a race driver when he is commentating. <laughs> that guy is out of control. Can you commentate without name dropping a previous F1 personality? This week I counted two. Jeez. Oh, wow. man. You know at least he's wearing the same thing as Anthony Davidson each bloody time. I think they've got a uniform. I love that they got left. Be- I love that they got left behind in the UK. Couldn't even come to the track. Sorry, guys. I wish they got the left 18, behind which is Jensen Button, Martin Brundle. Oh. You guys can stay here. Look, can I just also to- say though, JB absolutely killing it. JB is an, a real asset oh. to this team. He's very Martin Brundle, sort of like when Martin started commentating yeah. early on. No, JB's such got some good insights. Yeah, I don't really care. It's all just noise around the on-track stuff. That <laughs> That's right. Campy knows more than them anyway, so he's I'll tell you usually what, like, oh, Car- I was going to say that. Caron is a good-looking Rick. <laughs> like, that, guy, that guy is like a chiseled Thunderbird puppet from the 1960s. He's, he's a good-looking Rick. <laughs> 
What does that mean? <laughs> He's just got a chisel. I think we've just, lost, we've just lost 90% of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's 20 minutes into the podcast. Well, that is so obscure. it's nice knowing you all. Thank you very much. About. No. So, okay, well, that's... Anyway, that's, uh, you're kind of getting what we're going for segment. here. This is the segment. If you've got anything to add to useless commentary, <laughs> useless TV direction, please write into us, give us a DM, and we'll add it to the segment. Look, we will sure add it to the segment. segment. I'm, I'm not sure that'll get a go next weekend. Yeah, Kevin, you'll just be left uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> The good news is, mate, you don't edit this podcast, but I do, uh, which is very good news, mainly for Tommy and I, uh, and, and that's true. Yeah, look, Australia sucks in terms of Formula One broadcasting. We're always trapped in, like, the world's worst time zones to try and watch this. Oh. Uh, so we could at least get some better feed action going on. I think Fox Sports need to bloody step it up a notch and not just be so reliant on um, on Sky F1. Honestly, spoke, like you, you look at anyways. We've spoken about this before. Foxtel, when they acquired the rights for Formula 1, MotoGP, V8 supercars and all support categories within that, they had motorsports best interest at heart. That was five or six years ago, a bit longer, I think. They have failed to adapt and change their core product to meet the technology that's out there today. And it's locked down for another three to four years, so we're not going to get any prolific, like, good changes until... I will say, V8 Supercars is pretty good. The V8 (coughs) Supercars coverage is very good. It's very extensive. They've got a good set of commentators. It's Like, they do a lot of good stuff on there. Oh, they do all the extra show stuff, but unfortunately, it's just not... There's no Aussie investment in Formula One here. That's the difference. No, no. Fiat Supercars, MotoGP, all of the pre-stuff is from an Australian perspective, which is why, guys, uh, everyone listens to us from Australia about Formula One because apparently... It's uh, true. With um, the authority, we're, apparently. We're yeah. the authority. <laughs> Just self-made authority. Well, we we're here now, so you have to listen to us. Uh, the yes. We're not the official, though, are we? Yeah, come on. We'll put a little what TM are you talking about? the back. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're not the officially branded... <laughs> Yeah, that'd be the OzGP that's the race. Yeah, have fun. Have fun having zero opinions. Don't, don't bother, <laughs> don't, don't don't bother listening to that. Save, <laughs> save, yourself, save yourself a podcast. Uh, all right, boys. Well, let's all talk right, about the race because uh, we, were pretty, we were pretty asleep for the first uh, probably 60 laps of this race until Lando Norris really started uh, stepping on it and Sergio Perez almost uh, took Albon for fourth. But uh, in terms of a, a, a qualifying period and what, obviously what we lost qualifying. P3, Oof. That was awesome. Such a what? big difference in what track from the f- from the previous week, and that is exactly what this uh, this second fortnight, or sorry, the second race needed. I would have thought they'd uh, had a conversation about bringing different tire compounds this weekend, going even softer than what it was. I think they should do that. They're for the, doing that in Silverstone. Yeah, they are good because yeah. I think that'll change the racing up a bit. Yeah. But qualifying was exceptional. The best qualifying session I remember, and I'm glad they did it. Because all the commentators and all the safety yeah. stuff, our sport is becoming as safety conscious <laughs> as we are politically correct these days. So I didn't think we were going to run Saturday night in qualifying. No. Nah. And the, all the, you know, I think it was... Everything we were reading was saying oh, we're going to move to a Sunday morning. I think it was Button or Crofty came out and said, oh, we would have done it in the 90s. So, and I'm glad we did. I'm glad they got out there and did it because yep. that was the great, look, to see Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton trading best lap times toe-to-toe for the better part of 20 minutes of on track, great to see. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. No, it was great. It was it was really good to see. I think that has got to be one of Lewis Hamilton's best qualifying laps. That was insane. To be that far ahead of second 
Oh, in that mega. condition, in on such a short track too, that's nuts. And these car, those cars weren't set up for uh, wet wet track conditions either. Because remember, whatever you do in qualifying, after that the car enters park thermo conditions, which means you can't change yep. anything on the car setup wise. So those cars were set up purely for racing in the dry the next day. And I'll tell you what. We're critical of Lewis Hamilton off track and some of his behaviour at times, but that guy is a god behind a driving wheel. He's yeah. he's head and shoulders above everybody else. It was outstanding. That oh, was such a good, awesome. such a good lap. Great to watch. Well, let's go through uh, as we normally do, boys, team by team. Let's start at the back of the pack. Let's talk about Ferrari. You hey! pack of idiots. <laughs> 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 wow. could, not have, could not have happened to a, a better team principal as good far old, as I'm I concerned. am stupid. Oh, wow. Uh, Ferrari just, well, let's start and finish on lap one like them. Um, it, that was, I literally could not believe my eyes, the fact that that had happened again. Now, we know last weekend Seb went in for a Spinella uh, around in exactly the same place trying to undertake, right? Uh, it, uh, sort of overtake on the inside line. And that's cool. And that, you know, everyone went, oh, it was pretty kind of rookie manoeuvre there, Seb. But, but Seb, this Seb's time got around, four world championships too. So. Correct. <laughs> I mean, you can't just keep flashing that and make dumb mistakes. Yeah, like, yeah I know. Like it's, it's at some point that kind of wears off. Yeah, no, but, but I mean, yeah. okay, so anyway. he said, he, but Seb said after the race, I was in a conservative mode at that point, noting what happened the weekend before. He just wanted yeah. to keep his nose clean for the first yeah. probably 10 to 15 laps. And he was like, I, I, I was genuinely shocked yeah. that bloody Leclerc was on top of him, basically, you know, oh. absolutely well, yeeted his spoiler. Yeah. Unbelievable. As you would be Kimmy, three wide round a hairpin to have yeah, someone coming Kimmy's up on the inside. had to absolutely throw on the brakes, which has massively impeded him as well. I mean, he's a star and he made up some time later on anyway, but what an absolute joke of an outfit. Now, on the Oz F1, if you've ever listened to it, you know that the only thing that the Italians say on the radio are, we are checking. Checking. Also, also this time they said, keep pushing. It's like, dude, what the hell do you think? No, you act. thank you so much for reminding me. I forgot I was a Formula One driver. I thought I was selling ice creams. I will actually now push the car. What I don't think there's anyone just, there. They just have a button that someone presses and it says checking oh, or pushing. Just, what a useless wow. team. I, I have love. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll see that uh, Tommy and I just keep reposting memes basically about Ferrari <laughs> at the moment on our story. Uh, and that is that is great. But I just absolutely love the Carlos signs, you know, how to unsign a contract Google search. Oh, <laughs> he'd be hey. looking at this organisation going, oh, wow. what have I done? What's Man. going through his head? He this, must be like, am I going to this absolute shit show? This gets worse and worse as the season progresses. I don't think it's going to get worse from here too because you look at the spin that they put on some stuff this week. You know, oh, we bought some early upgrades to the car this week. And, <laughs> you know, Seb after P1 comes out and says, yeah, the car is a completely different car this week, got more grip in the rear end, more confidence, blah, blah, blah. To come, back, to come out in a level playing field like a wet qualifying, because that is the great equaliser. Equaliser, yeah. Yeah, to totally. both of their star drivers, well, Leclerc came in 11th, Seb was nowhere in Q3, but to like, not even be on the pace consistently yeah. with your racing points, your Renaults and your McLarens yeah. and Red Bulls, you got to remember, this is a team that was up with um, uh, Mercedes last year in the sense that, they lapped the majority of these teams mm-hmm. 
in every race yes. last year. <laughs> yep. That's yes. a great point. To fall back to not even be on a... Mate, they are. Yeah. They are so shit. And Bernardo has to go. Yeah. Has to, like, oh, he's, yeah. It's a bit... We predicted this would happen. But now oh. that I'm actually watching it seeing happening, it's yeah. not what I really want. No. I want Ferrari to be good. No. We need Ferrari to be good. But you know what? Yeah. They're going to get forgotten so quickly. That's and it. Charles Leclerc, that was the rookiest, dumbest, well, over-entitled piece of shit move <laughs> I've seen in the last decade. It reminded me he of his... He was my whipping boy this year. And I, told, I said, he was like... He, so he was many whipping boys. He was lucky to get second last week. And this week he got out-qualified in the rain where he's supposed to shine. That's yeah. a great leveller. But he didn't step up. And then to to throw that car in that gap, and he came out afterwards and he just said, yeah, I thought it was a gap and it closed pretty quickly. I'm like, mate. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? And it's going to put more pressure on him. <laughs> it's going to put more pressure on Mattia Bonotto and the rest of his team. And you know what? The Italian way or the Wog way is a shit way at the moment. <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> Terrible. You know what it reminded me of? His home race of Monaco when he just went crazy. When he is so far back and he's not in position of control, he makes stupid decisions. His Monaco was suicidal. Like, he was kamikaze. That was crazy. Oh, yes. And that's what he did yes, I remember. this time. Yep. He just gets yep. to the point of, like, I have to make a move now. He doesn't have uh, any patience. Uh, he gets crazy when he's behind. And he saw this as, like, his only opportunity, not realising this was the first lap of 71, you psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what? Here's another, here's another thing at the moment. Ferrari aren't talking to any English media. They're only speaking to the Sky Sports F1 Italia team. Hence why we don't get, you know, we get the broken English that comes from, I can't remember the that chick's name. Um, anyway, so in all the interviews that we get from Ferrari, it's all in the broken English, which is not, I don't mind that it's broken English, but what I'm saying is but Ferrari, not talking to Ferrari aren't talking to English media at the moment because they know they're just going to get asked tough, tough, tough. Yeah. Questions. So that's another thing that they should need to sort out. They are. Jim? Here's a positive. Here's a positive about Ferrari. Really cool. The positive right, about go. Ferrari is that Daniel Ricciardo is not going there next year. Oh, Perfect. <laughs> what an absolute oh. waste of space. Uh, all right. Well, that's, you know, I've, I've, oh, Bernardo I've just, has shown zero leadership and how he treated Vettel, that whole situation. Oh, sorry, mate. Like, you are, you are done. You are done. Yeah. Even. Yeah, I just I cannot believe I cannot believe by the way that George Russell ended up, you know, basically next to a Ferrari. Like, what? Hang on, what? This is twenty twenty. Are you talking about? There's a Ferrari yeah. and a Williams lining up on the, you know, next to each other on the grid. <laughs> uh, un, literally <laughs> unbelievable. And he had a yeah. he had a good run as well. Let's talk about um, Williams. I've, uh, sorry, I've to, just got one question for you boys. What does Leclerc and Vettel try and get out of this year? What? Uh, what, to the end they, of it. what? What are they going racing for? What? The hope that next year it's better, like but genuinely. Vettel, but Vettel doesn't care about next year. Nah. I think Vettel's um, just trying to recoup maybe some of his legacy and you got to assume that they're doing it because they love it, right? So Vettel's still doing yeah. and turning up each week because he loves driving like Kimi, right? If that's the case, then when Vettel ends up probably next to Kimi at Alfa Romeo because Giovinazzi's a piece of, you know, crap <laughs> as well. That sucks, they'd dude. have fun together. 
then they'd have fun together. They'd turn up because there'd be limited pressure on them. You know, there's two yep. world champions in in a team that's towards the back of the grid, and that's and that's fine. And Kimmy does it because it's a hobby. I know he was taking the piss <laughs> a bit there, but he loves it, right? So he turns up. <laughs> the day that he stops loving it is the day that he stops driving. And I think you that's just the same for up. Seb. But realistically, whatever is going on in the back room right now for Sebastian Vettel, and, you know, the last prediction for us uh, to come true is Seb to go to Red Bull. And we'll talk about Alexander Albon a little bit later in the podcast. But whether or not that actually happens, this is for all, uh, for everyone's awareness so far, this is Seb's last uh, Formula One Grand Prix season. He needs to just turn up and enjoy what he's doing and wearing the red. Now, Mark Webber said it best. He's not doing it for Ferrari. He's not doing it for Italy or even Germany or, or anyone else. He's doing it for himself. The Tifosi don't care really anymore. Charles Leclerc is the, uh, is the poster boy for some and the whipping boy for us. But realistically, uh, what is Ferrari doing? You're right. They're waiting for Seb, 2022. Seb has requested an interview with Martin Brundle this week. So they're going to. That's so cool. Sky Fine is going to do a uh, one of their specials on Seb Vettel this week. Yep. And Brundle asked him, he said, Oh, what do you want to be about? And Seb just wrote back, I'm sure you'll copy enough <laughs> to figure it out. I, I genuinely so I reckon, I reckon Seb's going to unload on him this week in an interview in well, a public way and make him. Oh, I'd love, I'd love it if he does. If I think how I thought of Seb before the first two races to how I feel about him now, I think he's actually coming out cleaner now because Ugh. Ferrari is such a shit show. He looks like he might come out better. He's he's jumping this ship that's absolute chaos. It looks like they dumped it, but now he's like, actually, I'm kind of coming out of this better. Yeah, it's now look, we've had to get out of that organisation. And I don't think it's oh, any fault of his. It's no fault of Seb's. Anyway, we can move on there. Now, too. there's but for Sebastian Vettel, really, there's only uh, a couple of options left. We've had Christian Horner pretty much come out and say, not interested, the door's not going to be open. Now, he said that uh, 100% Pierre Gasly wasn't going to be dropped too, so yeah. we know that he his word means absolutely nothing. Omar Snaffnau <laughs> said uh, that uh, there is no room at Racing Point, but that he is flattered a four-time world champion would consider race, uh, having one of those racing seats, I should say. Uh, that isn't necessarily true. Stroll isn't locked into a contract, but of course it is Dad's but. team. However, if you are a business person, surely you'd look at the value in that and and noting where they're going and also the branding of Aston Martin. Um, Stroll will have well a there. great Formula E career, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but realistically, otherwise it's it's out. He doesn't want to take a sabbatical. He said that, so it's going to be out. That's going to be a great interview with Martin Brundle. Hopefully that airs yeah. uh, this yeah. weekend. Let's talk about Williams. Uh, George Russell had an absolute stonking um, time in qualifying for the first time ever getting into Q2. Uh, he, was, he was doing a great job with that car. It's still not... You know, needs to not where it needs to be, I should say, but certainly a hell of a lot better than 2019, boys. And uh, with his shirt on, he's doing some good stuff <laughs> in that car. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shame yeah. in the first couple of laps that, uh, you know, he was really pushing and challenging uh, that midfield pack, and uh, he just ended up going off uh, around seven. I think his tyres um, just went real quick. No, the first yeah. time he actually raced around somebody else, he. He's been but there. how good? So that's, not, that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. great. Good. I'm, good I'm excited him. for them. He's spanking Latifi. I think oh. George Russell is doing everything who? he needs to do. <laughs> I think George Russell, is that who we're talking about? Yeah, yeah no, Latifi's that creator player. There you go. George Russell, he's doing everything right at the moment to secure a drive at a top Mercedes team in the next two years. Yep. Oh, he's playing a long game, clearly. 
Mate, he, yeah. there is no one else that is better placed to replace Lewis Hamilton on the grid right now than George Russell. Ocon is done. Sorry, no. you've been. Let's. He's just not nowhere near as good. He put Ocon in the same Williams, and he wouldn't would be driving you know the, give, the wheels give, off it. You to give Ocon five races before you rule, draw a line through him. Or but. I can have my own opinion. Um, Latifi. <laughs> you can have Latifi, your own opinion, though, but once again, you'd be wrong. <laughs> Latifi is apparently, according to his Instagram post, learning each lap. Well, geez, he'd hope so. Wow. Um, That's uh, great. Because he, he's drinking all of that wonderfully delicious Lavazza mm. coffee. Oh. Um, but realistically, Williams Terrible. is in... Almost Last the place. same league as Haas right now, and that means Haas is dropping back. Right? We had this conversation yeah. last week about the two. Let's let's talk about Haas. There's not much more to talk about Williams apart from the fact that uh, George got into Q2, and that's fantastic for him. Haas, yeah. uh, Roman Grosjean collected some fantastic data, didn't he, uh, in <laughs> Q1 uh, by not even getting on the track, um, oh, and God. every single he finished time. The race. He did finish the race, but he did go That's off. Great. Uh, That's great. Getting some more data on the track limits. Where are the track limits? Let me find them for you. Hang on. There they are. Oh, yep. I've gone. Sorry. Found it. Good Good data. Unbelievable. I'm even sassing the Haas team on Instagram about it. It's ridiculous. Oh, um, it's going to be a long year for the Haas team this year. Oh, yeah. It's a bit like Williams last year. They got four races in. Oh, shit, we've got 17 to go. And, <laughs> you know, constantly yep. repairing cars that they didn't have parts for. Yeah. It's going to be a long year for Haas. So and an expensive year from what we know of Haas and their setup. Yes. It's going to be. Yes. Oh. How have they not sorted the brakes out? I know Stone said, oh, my goodness. Look, I love Gunther. I'm not going to. I think the best thing about Haas is Gunther. Oh, 100%. Yep. We should build the Oz F1 fantasy team. Know for sure that the team principal would be Gunther Steiner by all three of us, just because we love Gunther that much. Yeah, but yeah. but K Mag uh, K Mag was having some pretty good battles. Him and Kimmy towards uh, the end of the race, uh, going around seven eight. Uh, that was really interesting to watch. Kimmy is just <laughs> Kimmy is so every good. time. What a superstar! But realistically, <sighs> K Mag is not in the best car. But at the moment, out of those two drivers, he is the better driver. Yeah, but can we see him next year? Or can we see Haas going a whole new lineup potentially? Because neither of them doing anything valuable. Well, they're not locked like, into contract. The no data's one's, no good, one's locked but, in. So yeah, yeah the exactly. Data's good. Here, the data the is not problem. good. Here's the problem. <laughs> Who do you put in? Anybody. Literally anybody. Who uh, Who in F two looks like they deserve to move up on last year's performances and this year's performances? In the Ferrari Driver Academy, specifically, you mean? That Marcus Armstrong, that kid from Kiwi, he looks good. But again, this like the second race this weekend, he just had no pace. Yeah, they're yep. so inconsistent back there, and yeah. I don't know what it is. But there's no one starring. Like, they do a lot of reverse grids and stuff. It's all shaken up all the time. It's matter. really hard to tell. It doesn't matter. You get guys like Lando Norris and Carlos who rise Sainz, to the top. Who yeah. first year in that car come in and exceed all expectations and yep. are consistently yep. on the podium. Yeah, everything's putting. They're the ones that make it. Guys like your Mick Schumacher, who, like, he's been unlucky these first two years. But this is his second year. He should have performed last year yep. if he wants to guarantee him a spot. I'm uh-huh. not sure. I think 
I think Mick Schumacher will get a drive in F1 because it's a bit of a legacy name. I yep. think he'll ultimately replace Giovinazzi. Yep. It makes sense. But for Haas, I don't know who you bring in. Yeah. Just Let's just go, put him in a good, go the Put Renault him option. in a good car and K-Mag can perform. We saw that at McLaren. He can, but he can also yep. stuff it up. Like, yeah. neither of them are reliable. Oh, no, they're too, incons- yeah, they're too inconsistent. Like, they're- yeah, and that's the issue. What's the but point? They, look, and maybe Haas too- need to do the uh, the Renault thing and maybe they should approach people like Jensen Button. Uh, Here maybe we go. Here's my Brundle. pitch. They're, maybe, too, uh, <laughs> they're too bad personalities, though. Yeah. Here's my pitch. There's not a team that's they need to go. Right? And yeah, they're going to French. <laughs> they need Because they're an American team, they need to go nick some dudes from IndyCar and NASCAR and bring them over and go, we're doing something random. It's like when an AFL player or an NFL NRL player goes to play NFL. It's like, oh, let's mix it up and play a different code. Well, I should Let's uh, change it up. Why not? Oh, there was that. I can't, what's his name? Uh, it's not. Uh, Alexander Rossi. Is that his name? Rossi. Uh, he was an American guy who should have had the Haas F1 drive in its inception. Yeah. Uh, That's what I mean. Doing, he's doing quite well in IndyCar, but they, they didn't sign him for whatever reason. Well, uh, I don't think it's inconceivable that if this keeps going that bad, why wouldn't Haas go, shit, let's go all American, let's chuck an American driver in, let's get some following, let's get some interest, and there's not going to be that high of an expectation on them. I think it. I don't yeah. think it's inconceivable that one of those well, drives look, goes a, to an American. It's an interesting point. They, interesting point. The, uh, but the realistically, pool, though, where else can you go? The yeah. driver pool and talent all throughout Europe is geared towards getting to the F, the Formula One, totally. two and three categories. Yeah, everything's geared that. America is a completely different game. Yeah, they got NASCAR. They've got other forms of motorsport. They got the IndyCar, which is their open wheels. NASCAR is huge in the, all the Texas yeah. motorsport. Anyway, this time last year, or you know. I was shocked at the amount of people and the infrastructure that goes on. Yep. And it far outweighs anything Formula 1 does. Yep. I know F1's global, but talk about a moving circus in NASCAR. Ooh, yeah. The problem is you've got to get a Yanks to buy into F1. And That's what I mean. We're, we're starting to know. We've got a few that are, that are listening. Yeah. And uh, it does have a following over there, but it's nowhere near. But can you imagine some a NASCAR driver who's maybe not quite at his peak anymore? wants to try something different, let's say an Alonso type from F1 going across to do Indy, vice versa, coming from NASCAR or Indy going, you know what, now's time to experiment, oh, do something different. They've got, there's plenty There'll be of, a big payday there, like plenty, why not? There's not a big payday for a drive like Haas, but there is plenty of talent. I think in Liberty the, would chip in, mate. Oh no, there's plenty of talent in that Indy car pool of drivers yeah. to move over to Haas. And- uh, lots of Formula 1 drivers like Mark Saracen, Ericsson rather, are even doing well. He placed fourth um, yeah. in India over the weekend. Uh, there's plenty of people in that pool. But, it's look, it's a totally different – I love that idea, uh, Tommy. I think that's a fantastic move for Haas. They probably need one uh, decent Formula 1 driver and then bring in someone from the States. Uh, let's talk about Alfa yeah. Romeo. Uh, as we said, Kimi multiple times has been an absolute star this weekend. Giovinazzi has not. Uh, he had a, a bit of a, a spin in um, quality, didn't he? Got onto the curbs, coming out of nine, and because uh, he's an idiot, Drop. and of course you don't drive on the curbs because they're wet during that time, <laughs> and decided that was a good idea. Unbelievable! And of course uh, he spun out, uh, almost almost caused some pretty significant issues for a lot of people uh, under those yellows. But again, he's the race a, format, he's rocking a man bun too. Well, that's oh, yeah, the, issue. the man bun. The, yeah, the no, race just, format got- that. They're, they're in at the moment, not the race format, but the race pace that they've got at the moment is still pretty dismal. They are definitely in the last three contenders, as we've said uh, last time around. It's Williams, Haas, uh, and 
Alfa Romeo at, at the back. And Alfa Romeo kind of, because of Kimi, sort of treading on the, the, the back of the midfield pack here. Yeah. Again, we spoke about this last week. Uh, this is a, seems to be a Ferrari power issue, not necessarily aero or brakes uh, with this specific team. Um, Kimi, again, obviously being an absolute superstar that he is, can put that car into places that uh, Giovinazzi can't. It has to be a power unit thing, right? I mean, it's yeah. oh, from, coming from yeah, last yeah. year. It's just not nowhere near as as far. And even two years ago, when Charlotte Claire was there, they were doing pretty bloody well on the grid. Uh, and when right. we saw Kimi go backwards, we thought, okay, well, if they can keep up that pace, then Kimi can be fighting decently in the midfield. If I'm Gene Haas or the guy, what's it, I'm looking at his face at Alpha uh, at uh, Alpha Romeo. I'm ringing up for Argon. I'm not paying for that. That's, <laughs> I'm not paying for that. That's a what are you going to refund? Look, they're paying big money per engine. You know, they're paying upwards of five million bucks plus all the taxes on that engine. I'm going. Love I love me money back. Love the idea of it like being a TV that you bought from JB Hi-Fi. No, nah, I'm done. Take it back. Go get another one. <laughs> if only it was that easy. <laughs> Leave We're the tags commercial on. realities, aren't they? Yeah, totally. If I'm one of that team, I'm ringing Ferrari going, step up, boys. Give me a couple of, you know. Yeah. Give me a couple of F. Well, the issue is when chuck on a couple of hats and maybe yeah. some oh, uh, yeah, cologne we'll or something. Five eights. <laughs> give me the, some the free, bigger issue give me is some free shit. <laughs> No, but that's not even what you need in this instance, right? The bigger issue is at the end of last year when the FIA were doing their investigations, these guys were left out in the cold because, of course, uh, when you're cheating, you can get up that high. And that's not necessarily to say that's what they were doing, but obviously the power unit was a lot better last year. Now that we've come into new regulations and those uh, sensors, those fuel flow sensors, Campy, that you said last week are always uh, on, at least for the FIA stewards, being able to see that data, that has changed a lot. Yeah. Ultimately, this is disappointing, right? If you talk about being a customer team, uh, you know, we're looking at McLaren, Mercedes next year. That's an exciting prospect. Even, you know, Williams has got a great power unit in it. At least they're doing all the work to try and put the rest of the car together themselves, and that's what they're struggling with. But, like... It just doesn't make sense, does it, really, for Ferrari to be so far back. It's like kind of back in the days when they were powering um, Toro Rosso. It just wasn't – was not all that great. Anyway, let's t- stop talking about Ferrari. Let's go on to um, Honda uh, with Alpha Tauri. Um, this did not work for Gasly this time around, and that, of course, impacted your fantasy league uh, team, yep. Tommy T. Uh, <laughs> Went for the triple stop. Pers- that was bizarre. That was just a like, oh, well, we've completely stuffed this up. Let's just keep pitting well, him. So Gasly pitted earlier than most, I'm pretty sure, and went for hards, and they just switched off. Yeah. They died way earlier than they expected. Nah, they just couldn't get the temperature in them. That was yeah. a problem. Not a bad gamble. I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind those teams making a gamble. Unfortunately, he was in a pretty good position. Like, I think yeah. he would he would have finished above Kvyat for sure. He, he was probably bothering, like, ninth potentially, but... The gamble didn't pay off. Yeah, what did he qualify? He qualified in the top ten. Qualified eight. Started yeah. seventh. So, He's... and in the wet, I mean, I, went, I was super critical. He was my whipping boy last. I was super critical of that yep. guy in the top team, and we've explained before at length about why he could didn't suit that car. Yep. But he's come back. He qualified well. Yeah. In the wet, these he did qualify very well. well. Yeah. Unfortunately, the race pace in that car is just not there. Yep. And so, the gamble didn't pay off as well because he would he would have had tenth for sure. He would have beaten Kvyat. And they're they're you know there's there's they're a team that we're not going to see a hell of a lot this year. No. Unfortunately, even though the car's pretty good looking. 
Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. But as I said last week, they're not a sister team yet. They're still a junior team in my eyes. Yep, and yep. I think one of those guys goes this year and they bring up somebody else. That young uh, Japanese guy, Yuki Sonoda from mm. F2, is Red Bull Junior. I reckon he gets a drive next year. So. Yep. Huh? Or, to. or Albon goes back and Vettel comes in to Red Bull. Wow, well, uh, you want option. this so badly? <laughs> oh, I'm just yeah, pushing. Well, I just desperately option. want that. I want that call. Uh, just because, just for Seb. Yeah. I saw, it's so funny because most of Australia hated on Seb when he was racing alongside Mark Webber oh, because yeah. of Multi Twenty One, uh, and now everyone's yeah. like, "Hang on a second, uh, actually, he's being treated." Uh, unfair. Uh, it's such an Australian thing to do. I love that. Yeah, it was that year that Seb got knocked out of Q Three by. Uh, Danny Rickles. I can't remember. It was the first year in his. Uh, it was the last year in um in the Red Bull. I think it was Danny Rick's first year, and the whole crowd just roared like that was the best <laughs> thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and then they zoomed into Christian Order, and even he had a big grin on he his face. Like, okay, was like, I know oh, where I am. Very good. Yeah. So so <laughs> good. Well, it. let's let's anyway. talk about Danny Rick uh, and Renault. Ocon is an absolute twat. I can you just get the <laughs> hell out of the way. Oh, he put an Instagram post on saying, oh, we had to, you know, leave early because of cooling issues. But, geez, it was fun to fight Daniel Ricciardo. It's not supposed to be fun, you idiot. It's supposed to be about points and winning. Get out of the way, you prick. Set it up, Camby. Tell us what happened. This is what I'll say about it, right? So he the kid qualified well. I'll give him that. He he, he qualified well. When we're talking about Danny Rick, when Max Verstappen run for the second week in a row, I have the live timing charts, and what you see on the live timing charts is there's about six sectors within the sectors. So you get a pretty good understanding of how a lap's going. Now, Danny Rick was improving on his initial time. I'm not sure if he was going to beat him. I haven't gone back and looked at it. But at the time when Max spun, Danny Rick was on a lap that probably would have got the two tenths that he needed to jump back on. But again, for the second week in a row, got shafted in qualifying. Insane that. Ocon qualified well. Now, you cross Danny Rick and Oz F1 hates you. So oh, it's unlucky it. for you, Mr. Ocon. You're a squid. <laughs> we think you're shit. Get out of here. Inside, I don't mind what Ocon did. Like, no. What? He, no. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him because he's French. But you don't. Yeah. Oh, God. Jeez. Mate, I just. Well, at least he didn't surrender like the rest of his country. Heavy. <laughs> but. They're racing for position. As if you're going to give up, you take you give a position up to your teammate. I understand why, as a team, they should have let Danny Rick pass. But they're not ha- racing each other. They're on a different strategy. Yeah, I know. But what <laughs> happened to Danny Rick when he got on those softs? The car didn't perform. The car had much better pace on the mediums. Danny Rick wasted some mediums for three laps more than he needed to. Yeah. Hundred percent. Oh, no, 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 sitting there, overheating just, his car, following too close. Get and the just bloody the hell out of the Ocon, way and race your race, dickhead. And, and then at the, the end fact of the day, Ocon if Ocon retired. hadn't have retired, if Ocon hadn't retired, he could have played rear gunner for Ricardo, and he would have had that fifth place signed, sealed, and delivered. Nah. No, he would have fun with Ocon would have dropped. Ocon would have dropped. Have, have fun with that Alonso. That's going to be that's going to be a great. All those bloody fantastic decisions by Renault yet again coming oh, to the floor. Can't stand Ocon though. Squid. He, he was on a different strategy. Your mind, Cabby. Bloody hell! You're you're like Katy Perry over there. Yeah, right. Oh, he's a squid. What like should have said, happened was like what said, happened. You cross Danny Rick, you cross us. So we're gonna rag on you for it. But I can't rag on him because I would have done it, and I don't mind it. Is what you said. 
Yeah, I just don't. I think Campy just Put needs yourself, to sort himself out. You're let's, crazy. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about let's talk about Danny Rick <laughs> more head, because that is what we are. That's what it says on the tin. Danny Ricardo biased. Uh, he has to be bloody stoked about what McLaren are doing right now oh. and the fact that Ferrari at the back. Like just as I said uh, earlier on about Ferrari, it's the best thing is Danny Rick's not going there. Now he bloody held off Lance Stroll so well, yeah. considering the lack of pace compared to that racing point. Towards and that him. overtake was he, not a legitimate overtake. Take you punk. Lance yeah, Stroll no, is pretty a- Lance Stroll's pretty average too. You can't just stick your car there and not make the turn yourself, you big dickhead. Yeah, that was uh, – but, I mean, just made it's it – not a legitimate it easier for, Look, I'll, I'll allow Jeez. it because it made it easier for Lando. So that's that's a yes. good element Other of, of what happened at three. Oh. But realistically, if you think about where Daniel put the car each time and especially coming into the, the complex uh, on the back straight where DRS is and that's where Sergio and everyone else is getting around people, he just did not let Stroll past. And that is the kind of race craft and professionalism that Daniel Ricardo has. I'm sorry, but he's just one of the best drivers purely watching that footage in a slower car at the time. Like the, the dude is just a star. And that car struggled on the softs. Really Big time. Str- it was nowhere yeah. near the pace that he had on the mediums, which is interesting. Yeah. Don't really know why. What? And we don't know if he had any other problems similar to what Ocon retired for. That well, could have been a factor. We don't know. Brundle was talking about how quick Sergio actually got up to him on that back straight after turn three going down into turn four that he suggested Danny Rick just let him go because he just thought, I can't keep this pace, but I'll be able to hold back Chico. I don't think Danny Rick operates like that. I think he's nursing some – I think that car's not where it should be. Reliability Well, of course, he had his uh, crash uh, in practice as well, and and he had some bruising on his knee too. So the fact that he's yeah. you know rocking ah, around doesn't matter. He's tough. No, but the fact that <laughs> yeah, but the fact that he's rocking around with all of that going on as well, just again shows that he's a yeah. kick-ass bloody driver, right? That, that's Out the vibe. Out a bit into race, I might start feeling it. Star. All right, let's Star. let's talk about uh, <laughs> let's talk about the pink Mercedes, um, which I'm very happy about because at least at this point uh, they're value adding to my uh, fantasy league really really well. Um, Perez just couldn't get it past Albon, but for mo- for those sort of what was it eight to ten laps, he was within a second. All the way through the last two laps, uh, and yep. and you know he's he's stuff that I can't believe. Poor Albon again going into that same corner. At least he held it. Like oh god, no, okay, good, thank goodness. And Sergio got you know is that's a fair punishment. Unlike what Lewis got uh, last weekend, having some front wing damage, which means the car goes next to undrivable, um, is punishment enough for for making a, a move like that. But they did not have pace in the wet, and you're talking about. Uh, Campy in terms of setting the car up to do race day, oh, they were totally oh, focused on Sunday and just could uh, not get heat yeah. into the tyres in quali. I think, I think in hindsight, that's what they did. They set up the car for Sunday and didn't care about qualifying because like the, the that car's got pace. It's got yeah. genuine, genuine pace. You look at how uh, Checo moved through the field, you know, after his uh, first pit stop into his second stint. Uh, that reminded me of like of, of a Max or an Albon charging through the field last year. So that, yes. that car's got some genuine pace. In saying that, at every chance Brundle gets, he says that there's a lot of teams up paddock that are really angry and disappointed about what Racing Point has done by copying that Mercedes. Yeah. They are, uh, and, and fair enough too, because I reckon it's cheating. Can't come up with that shit by yourself. I don't like it. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, no, I, I think it's I think it's fine because it's bringing more fight to the front of the, the field. And at the end of the day, I like they, competitive racing over that. I don't. I like competitive oh. racing too, but I I'm not interested in it. I think I think it's all right to take a concept from the car from that Mercedes car because it doesn't. That Merc car from last year didn't have a big rake like the Red Bull one, but that is a carbon copy at every level. Nothing has well, changed. We'll find out. We'll find out in a couple of days yeah. because the FIA pretty, having an independent hearing about it. Pretty hard to say. Oh, that. Look, at the end of, mate, Renault have the, protested against Racing Point's brake ducts, and they've specifically taken parts off of the Mercedes and off the Racing Point to uh, take it to an independent hearing about what's going on. But Campy, they. they have already gone to both factories in Enstone and in Brackley to look at what is going on, uh, overlaid all the plans, and Brundle has said this so many times, if I have said that there are, there are enough differences that it's not a carbon copy, yes, the car doesn't have a huge rake anymore, but that is due to the fact that they're incorporating the gearbox and the engine better into the, the chassis. The year before, they've had no funding, really, and that absolute mess of a time coming through administration and losing all their points and everything else. I think everyone else is jealous, fine. But, I mean, when you've got yeah. people like Haas and um, sorry, Haas and Alfa Romeo trying to copy Ferrari, well, that's not going well for them, and that's what Haas tried to do with Ferrari B last year and the year before. you got Renault it's just whinging about it because they can't sort themselves out. And I'm hap- of, honestly ma- happy to ma- see... I'm nah, happy to see it. No. Nah. No, nah, you're <laughs> well, wrong. You're in the Navy. Uh, it's I, wrong. That's, uh, <laughs> well, it's good. So it's how do you feel to... about when people, start, when people start coming up with their own version of DAS? Are you going to be annoyed at that? Well, you, they're not going to. But well, if it they doesn't do, show like that... it's same with the double diffuser when that happened. Yeah. People were going to adapt. This is the same thing. That, that stuff's different. This is like taking an idea and being inspired by an idea and then creating something new around it. There is nothing different about that car and the way it operates to what the Merc was last year. It is carbon copy exactly the same. But All that's this PR everyone else that James had... is quoting is <laughs> fake news. That's bullshit, and they're cheating. <laughs> I don't, mate, I don't think the French team Renault should be snitching on anybody, but <laughs> it is cheating. At, oh, I don't like it. What what's the point of even hiring a design team? I think this is the only way that teams with less funding can claw their way up compared to teams uh, like Merck who have the most money in nah, the I don't like it. I'm with I don't it. Like I'm, it. I'm excited for Aston Martin like to have kick us. Well, I'm you're like, getting competition, Campy. That's the whole point. These guys are up towards <laughs> the front in the middle of the pack. What the hell's wrong with you? You're not you're contradicting yourself, my man. I'm happy <laughs> to I'm see it. It's it's cheating. It's, it's the same as value adding. Last year. Same as Ferrari last year. Look at the real world ramifications that it has for other teams because someone in Italy cheated. (laughs) Not someone, a collective of people within an organisation. And Racing Racing Point are now doing the exact same thing. They are cheating. And I'll tell you who, Mr. Stroll from Canada. He directed (laughs) them to cheat. Well, well Campy, allegedly. I love that, allegedly. I love that you're wrong. I love that you're wrong. You're, I'm all about you are it. You're an idiot. And <laughs> you're an idiot. Let's, yeah. let's be nice. Let's not I kill think, each other. This is, I think it's great. I think it's great. Think good on, I, I good on you, Pink this Panthers. Is this, is a, this is healthy disagreement right here. <laughs> Look, just because... All these offendable snowflakes out there should take a look at me and James' book. Can I just say the hypocrisy from Campy is great? Because if you go and look at his fantasy oh. Formula One team, he's got bloody two oh, yeah. pink cars in there. Oh, it's all hang yeah. on a second, it's all cheating. Except for the fact you're complicit. That it benefits me. Oh, you're you gotta let it benefit yourself in the corner there, mate. 
<laughs> You're on the bloody take, pal, in oh, cahoots. Oh, Unbelievable. You're just trying to well. throw the scent off. You're trying to throw the scent <laughs> off. I thought I saw Lauren Stroll, <laughs> Aston Martin, pull yeah. up outside your shack the other day. Uh, all right, let's talk about McLaren yeah, because we can all agree that uh, we had a meeting. Here's such a random piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> McLaren. I've got him going. <laughs> this is what You're is... both revved up. McLaren is, uh, as you said, Campy, yet, uh, during the, the race, you said that they're not as strong as we think, but it seems towards the end of the race when there's uh, less fuel weight in the car, they really come to life, which is a, co- a good thing. Bloody hell, Lando Norris had an absolutely stonking last two laps yet again. Oh, yeah. Like carbon copy from, I mean, fit, obviously not third on the podium, but he has to be bloody stoked with uh, fifth this time around and um, obviously uh, signs qualif- qualifying third, which was fantastic for him. Um didn't have the best uh, race, but McLaren just being strong again. And this is good news for us with Danny Rick going there at the end of the year. Yeah, I think, I think that car with the Merck engine last night, uh, as as he said to me last night, I think that with the Merck engine in that car next year, it's going to be looking pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, well as long as me, they don't copy the, um, the pink Mercedes from this year, Campy, because that would be terrible. <laughs> well, maybe they should. Oh, for me. Suddenly Daniel Ricciardo's there winning car going, oh, no, I'm glad, I'm glad about that. Yeah. Uh, that's a good nah, thing. Zach, Zach, Zach Brand's a star. Awesome. Good to see Carlos qualify on third, mate. He, the kid can drive too. I think it's a real shame that he's going for our next year. I, yeah, I, I agree. It's a waste of talent. Year. It's a waste of talent. Yeah. But also Andrea Seidel. Yeah, Bane. Yeah. Or, Bane. <laughs> no, he looks a lot like Hackenden. <laughs> yeah. But he's a dude. For me, what we saw from both drivers at McLaren yesterday was exactly what we should have seen from Renault, where Carlos Sainz was on a different strategy, didn't have the tyre, Lando yeah. did, yep. and made a move that he could get Lando through two DRS zones. As soon as the DRS zone, switch. Yep. Maximum efficiency, didn't give it up any other places, yep. put the right driver in the right spot to get the best points with the team. They then Massive pitted Carlos respect. to get fastest lap, which he got. Massive that is respect. the best. That is exactly what we want. Good, good if you can't win it yourself, why are you going to impede your teammate just because? Good boss, and, good boss. And great look at, from both. Look at where they ended up. I oh, like that's a great haul yep. of points. And Lando Norris is running third in the championship at the moment. Yes. That's Which just is good. so yeah. good. It's so bloody Lando fantastic. Norris conceivably has done the best possible thing these last two races. I can't imagine a better result for him than these two results. He's done yep. the absolute maximum he possibly could with these two races. It's and spot the fact on. is yep. he, he's now got more than half uh, of all of his points from last year in the first two races of this year. So yep. it's so it's encouraging for, for Danny Rick. It's encouraging for Zach Brown. It means yep. that they've made the right decisions. They've changed the right things. Mercedes engine in that yep. car, like they'll be working hard on um, putting that into the vehicle for, for 2021 already uh, and making yep. it work. It's going to be super strong. The aero works well. The setup is going well. That power unit wants that because we – we're worried about the reliability of the Renault, right? That's my only thing about McLaren for this year is what's yeah. going to go wrong with the motor that's going to throw mm-hmm. a spanner in the worst quite literally. Uh, when they get clear of that, because the Mercedes engines uh, don't seem to have any issues this time around. They had some gearbox uh, stuff go wrong last week, but that didn't play into this week. Conceivably, the, the Merc seems higher powered than last year. Like oh, genuinely, God. that engine seems like a bit of a masterpiece, and that's that's helping the racing point too. I mean, you want to talk about yes, yeah. designs one thing, but and also the Williams. Like Williams are noticeably 
different and faster yep. again because of the Mercedes power yet. So it's like it's a dream combination, yep. really, for McLaren. And yep. everyone listening in uh, in Oz F1s uh, following will agree the fact that uh, Danny Rick going to McLaren is definitely the right thing and the Mercedes power unit is oh, yeah. only going to make that better again. All right, let's talk about uh, Red Bull because at least this time they scored, uh, which is which is good. And Paul Max Verstappen uh, really complaining that the car just wasn't up to speed in the race, uh, but he had a pretty mega qualifying as well, Campy. Yeah, a bit of a shame for Red Bull. We saw their true true pace. We were expecting to see it last week, but unfortunately, Max sort of. Uh, I think Max, if it if he didn't retire last week, probably would have run the race in the end. But this week, they weren't there. They were, I mean, they were there thereabouts. Verstappen is a star. Yeah, for him to be consistently behind, you know, five or six seconds of Lewis. I know Lewis's managing pace. He's got a lot more in the tank if he needs it. But the difference between him and Albon is light years. Albon is. Shit. <laughs> All right, go He's for it. You're not getting any better. Like, like, we're, like we're 35, 40 laps into the race and he's 42 seconds down on his teammate. Yeah. On his teammate. Yeah. That's that's the way Gasly was performing last year. Yeah, unlucky for Albon. He probably should have got a win last week. He shows glimpses, but he only gets it done in, in situations like yellow flags that yep. result in the benefit for him. Totally. And... Max doesn't need that. Max going toe-to-toe. Oh, the, the car didn't have the pace, and it was the shame Valtteri got past him, but that's just because Mercedes is that good. Max is a star. He defended quite well, to oh, be honest. He's good, but Albon sucks. Albon is nowhere. Yeah, I think a lot of it is Max being so good yeah. that he makes anyone look terrible, but I think you are right. I Except don't know if Alex has it. The only times he's been really competitive are, like you said, after yellow... After yellow yeah. flags, when he's on a favourable tire, opportunistic. Yep. Exactly, they're the only kind of times where he's had a sniff, and then he hasn't closed either. Yep, I, I don't think like I don't think if I think Albon will finish out this year with Red Bull in the top team. Yep. I don't think I don't think he goes on next year. I think they drop him back, or well, they drop him back. I don't think I think Kvyat goes. They drop him back. Mm. They bring someone in, or Seb comes back. That is that's what's going to well, happen. You've heard it here first. We've been right all year. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what Horner says in the background. If mm. Dietrich, he, Horner probably doesn't want it to go that way because he doesn't think it would work. But yeah. Dietrich Massachusetts and Helmut Marko make the decisions at that team. Yeah. We know there's no Andy four buts about it. Horner, he gets a say. But when those two want something, yeah. that's what happens. There was a report in the media that Dietrich Massachusetts wants uh, Seb back next year. So yeah. if he wants it, it's going to happen. Doesn't it's going to happen. I, I think uh, – how do you feel Max would have gone if he had a bit more support from his driver? Because it got to the point where he was undercut, overcut. He had no nowhere to go. Max was stuck between both of those Mercedes yeah, strategically and couldn't do anything. And he was so pissed off on the radio – after Lewis pitted after him, he's like, man, like, this guy's got better tyres than me now. Like, he had nowhere to go. Max literally had nothing to do. He knew. He knew what was up and down. Because there was literally no support from his teammate, who should not have been that far back, where the Mercedes could pit and sit right where they wanted to. That's the difference between a top driver and a third-tier driver. And we've said this all along, that Ocon, yes, he's probably performing better than Kvyat and Gasly, but they're the three drivers that are on par with each other. They're not going to yeah. cut it. I don't know if Red Bull are going to get a driver that's going to be able to push Max the way they want him to, like the way that Seb, uh, the way that Danny Rick did mm. with each other. 
I don't know if it's going to happen. Insana, Albon's not the right fit for this car. He, he continues to drive like he did, race pace wise. Mm. Rubbish. It seemed to take him a long time to figure it out in qualifying as well. He eventually got there, but yeah. he was he was looking pretty well, average. I don't mind the wet because they don't drive in the yeah. wet very often. I mean, they've got they're incredibly skilled to go and do what they do. They know how to drive in the wet when they need to. But but when he's in a car like that, where you see Max putting it as better better than anyone else, other than Lewis, obviously. It shows that that car is quite capable and pretty good in the wet. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, want, I want to like Album, but unfortunately we haven't seen anything other uh, than opportunistic uh, yeah. kind of race. And it's, it's hard for him because all we are doing is comparing him to either Daniel Ricciardo as Max's former yep. teammate or Max Verstappen. Hard but measuring just, it's, and I mean, that is the world of Formula 1, right? He's, he's very lucky to be in that seat and very lucky to be in that car. You're right, Camby. He shows glimpses. He just can't tie it all together and his race pace is, is just pretty poor. That's why I think you know, even... Christian Horner has to admit that bringing Seb back will be good for Max because at least there is four world championships there, an understanding of what the team already does and how to win and how to get up the front. Uh, and because of Red Bull Junior Paul just doesn't have what it takes to to push anyone from, you know, Pierre Gasly is not going back to Red Bull and neither is Kvyat. So they can't, no, unless no. they pinch someone from somewhere else in the paddock, and that's very unlikely, unless it's Bottas, and that's still a potential yeah. option. Realistically, where else do they go? Uh, all right, let's talk about Mercedes uh, and Bottas because uh, he's still winning the uh, the championship so far, which is fantastic for yep. him. He did exactly um, what he had to do. Absolutely. Nailed it. What, just a, he's a gentleman yep. racer, isn't he, Valtteri Bottas? Yep. Uh, qualified uh, not as, as well as he would have liked, but certainly um, the Mercedes had a lot of pace during that race and, and did a great job in, in coming second. And, of course, Lewis it was just mega all weekend. It's just ops normal again. He's back at the front and we don't see him except for one or two laps uh, by the TV director, which I will praise him for because I don't really care yeah. about watching Lewis <laughs> at the front. I want the midfield action, so at least we got totally. that. But Mercedes did a great job this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lewis in qualifying. We spoke about that at the start. That guy is he's genuinely quick. Valtteri, he got a win last week. And all he had to do this weekend was finish second. Yep. And he was under a bit of pressure and it didn't look like he was going to get max. Yep. But he got it in the end. And you know what? He consolidated where he had to. He's yeah. still in front. We go to, oh, this is what we've been talking about all along. Now we go to the Hungary next week. I mm. don't know what's going to happen there. But then we got in two Silverstones. Two Silverstones. Yep. If he can pick up a second place and a win, yep. Lewis has a bad weekend. One of those weekends gets a second and a win. He's yep. still in the box seat. Yep. And, look, I don't think Valtteri's going to go head-to-head with Lewis all year and beat him, ultimately. He needs to just oh, capitalise. want it tight. Lewis, uh, sorry, Valtteri just needs to capitalise on the unfortunate, not so much mistakes from Hamilton because yep. we yep. won't get many, but yep. circumstances. Yeah, it's and true. this week, because we know Lewis is going to win. However many races we're going to have, we know he's going to win 40% of them. It's what happens in those other 60% of the races where Bottas needs to consolidate if he wants to win the world mm-hmm. title this year. And in the first two races, Bottas has done everything he needs to do. Yep. So, Lewis, the guy is... Yeah. The guy is... <laughs> that qualifying just showed you exactly what Lewis is. Well, I think we, we took the mickey a lot out of him last year, but we have to say, like, we do appreciate how talented that dude is, oh. and he is an absolute yeah. superstar. I mean, we love Daniel Ricciardo yeah. more. Don't get us wrong, but 
Lewis is a bloody fantastic driver and he's one of the greatest of all time, That just without a doubt. And yes, you're right, that qualifying lap really showed it. All right, boys, let's talk about the fantasy element of the race because the Oz F1 Fantasy League, uh, we had another <laughs> bad, another 10 people join. Uh, Campy doesn't care about this anymore, apparently, because he won last year. So he just, he's, he's going to do a Nico Rosberg and apparently go out on top. Um, <laughs> Look, I'll say I don't care, try to save face, but I did spend 15 minutes before the podcast changing my team for next <laughs> Changing it. <laughs> Not understanding the rules and losing lots of points because he changed almost his whole team. Uh, so I am full of shots. Um, but we need to give out uh, the top three uh, so far for uh, for both of the Austria races. Uh, number one is uh, in for a rough season with uh, F-E-R-R-A, which I love that. Uh, D Watson from the US, well done to you. Um, Knackerbags Racing is coming in second. Uh, and three-pointed stars in third. Uh we, I don't think boys are going to get anywhere near the top of this uh, of this league, which is Ooh. which is fine. There's some good uh, names. Uh, I'm a big fan a, of Big Rick Energy. Big, big Rick, Rick Energy, energy. <laughs> <laughs> coming forth. Uh, coming that. in six, we have Ricky's re- Recovery Crew. I love that too. I love a yeah, started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. that was good. Uh, Red Bull Staffen is good. Can be back to back. Stupid name for a team. I am stupid. Donald <laughs> J. Camp, best name. Of the teams, <laughs> they're fun. It's there. Um, yeah, Scuderia Alpha Gasly, I love that. So great. Coming at 19. <laughs> Jay Bankston from the US. Uh, incredible name. Scuderia Alpha Gasly, I love that. I've said Good. that so many times. It just rolls off the tongue so well. Daniel Avocado, 24th, of course. GP2 engine. Well, that's now more accurate with uh, Fernando coming <laughs> yeah, I back. Love it. I saw that. So that's, that's actually predicting next year with the Renault. Uh, and Strolls Trust Fund, Tommy, you've changed your name of your team. I love that. <laughs> Uh, and my last two favourite, uh, Ricardo Sack Tap in 34th. Uh, and coming last, but definitely not least, Multi 21 Seb. Uh, boys, love it. I love this. Oh, uh, if you're listening and you haven't yet um, joined into the Oz F1 Fantasy League, uh, do it before we get too far into the season so you don't lose too many points. Uh, you can uh, come in and have a look at the, the league is open. You can just search Oz F1 or head to our Instagram page or website. There are buttons to follow you to create your own team in that. You can click through and find Campy's, Tommy's and my team as well. See who we are, uh, who we're backing if it's your first time doing anything like this uh, or indeed listening to Formula One like some of you have been saying. But boys, I have absolutely loved two weekends in a row. What's better than two weekends in a row? Bloody three, three. weekends in a row. I cannot wait for Hungary. Hungry. Hungry. I cannot wait for it, boys. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, as I said at the beginning... <laughs> Campy, you're an idiot. I'd apologise to Campy, but if you listen to this podcast and you've subscribed and you're here again, you know full well that he is an absolute mong. Um, But if you want to... And James is a male flight attendant. Oh, you, love you just like save up all these things. You're like, oh, it's not, it's not fair. That's what he said. Uh, but feel free, please, uh, to subscribe and uh, leave us a review. Guys, We it's, it is absolutely amazing. We're charting all over the, the world now for, for wherever you're listening. If you're Germany, Spain, Canada, the United Kingdom, uh, the US, New Zealand, here, Singapore, Latvia, we are getting worldwide listens. Everywhere. We Where's love Latvia? it. We love it. So love it. Uh, feel free to, to subscribe, as I said. Leave a review. Boys, we'll see you Cheers. again in seven days' time. Good. How good. How good. Love it. Campy's trying to get us cancelled. With what? Jesus, Campy. What did I say? How'd the fantasy teams go, boys? Oh. Oh. 
The good news is I'm I've still ahead. Up. I've jumped up. Yeah, a few but you positions. use your fucking Mega Driver, you psycho. Yeah, well, who are you going to use your Mega Drivers on? Verstappen. They're like the two. The Probably best. when I. <laughs> Fuck. Keep slogging me out. Do you guys get logged uh, out as well? Oh yeah, every time. It's insane. Every get time. Get a better app. So dumb. Have you. Some of the names in here are just phenomenal. Yeah, I changed it around a bit today, but I'm not sure it was the right strategy. Changed it around. You lost money. points, mate. You can only do one change each time, otherwise you lose 10 points. Oh, campy. Oh, really? Yeah, every change you make outside of one. So if you made two changes, you lose two, <laughs> 10 points. <laughs> That's go. why James still has pink cars in his. Well, That's why that I haven't was changed what I'm thinking. It. For, value for value for money, racing point, you've got to get all three of them in because they're just going to score your points for what you're paying. Yeah, yeah. fuck them. Yep. No, so then I'll try to jack up on some other drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Car looks shit. Can't look at it. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the mic got that. Stroll's a wet fish. <laughs> 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 I don't know. 140 for me. Yeah, I've got 153 or something. It's not bad. Not bad, not bad. All right, where am I on the ladder? On 31st. Third, uh, Fuck. On 13th. It's the middle. Lucky 13th. Fuck. See, we've got. What's the bet? My other team's doing better. (laughs) (laughs) My team that I can't log into. (laughs) Probably. Nah, this is a fucking rort. Someone's on like nearly double the points of me. That's bullshit. Um, first things first this week, which was idiotic. Can I just tell you who is a good-looking dude? How has this got to do anything? Caroon's a good-looking lad. Not what I thought that was going to be. He's that. James? Mate, he, did you think that was coming? He's so. He looks like a fucking uh, old school Thunderbirds body puppet. <laughs> That's the head chisel. What? What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Surely he's You're taking. Crazy. Surely right, he's taking the piss. Mate, I just thought I'd give you something for the end of the podcast. <laughs> that Caron's a good looking rig. <laughs> Jeez. Sports Social Podcast Network.